All right, welcome into quite possibly our last edition of Neutral Grounders podcast for this season. Um, I'm your host, Alex Asaro, and hey, guess who is in town and in studio? That's right, you guessed it, right next to me. Literally, I can sit here and kick him. Joel Bueller. Yes, it is nice to be back in this humidity. Uh, get mm. some actually properly seasoned food for a change. It's Arkansans, Ar- Arkansans, Ar- Arkansans. Don't know how to. They don't know what they're doing up there, uh, except for baseball, maybe because they have a bye in the first uh, round. But hey, it's nice to be back. Nice to be in uh, Scotch Pine Studios recording some more neutral grounders. <laughs> you, uh, you definitely hit that nail on the head with uh, relations to uh, baseball in Arkansas being much better. Uh, Today, when I was on Gus's show, we were talking about how there quite possibly might not be any Louisiana baseball teams that make it to this postseason. Uh, we're obviously going to give you the four that you want to hear about, but I mean, there's there's UNO and LA Tech and UL Monroe. You know, quite possibly, uh, you know, it's a longer shot for them, but really don't have a chance. But Arkansas seems to be the state that seems to be rolling, whereas uh, our four teams, the teams that we take so much pride in being. Uh, solid college baseball schools are you know maybe maybe sitting at home watching the tournament from uh the comfort of their own homes but if there is one bright spot it is that if indeed just one of these teams advances you and i will be there to faithfully talk about them oh yes oh yes no matter who it is and I guess there's no better segue to talk about some of our favorite teams if uh, we didn't talk about the UL Lafayette Raging Cajuns, a team that uh, Joel and I have uh, had a little bit of egg on our face talking about this season. Uh, but to be fair, it's it's for you know just cause. This is a team that struggled at the beginning of the season to hit just about anything. At the Shriners Classic, we thought that this team would hit 180 on the season. It was looking real bad. Uh, you know, had their ups and downs, but that pitching staff has pretty much carried this team throughout the entire season. We knew that, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it just just taken this 2018 season by storm for them. They've definitely made me eat a lot of my words, but to be fair, they're about as close to 180 as they are to 300. <laughs> <laughs> so even though they are, they have man, they've turned it around. What are they, the two seed in the conference tournament? They definitely made us look bad, but how? How on earth is this team a two seed in the Sun Belt Conference tournament? I just don't understand. I, you know, when you take a look at it, we, we've talked about how it's important to you know get rolling early in the season and you know get your conference wins. And and honestly, they didn't get their first conference win until April sixth. They didn't get their first conference. I mean, I'm sorry, conference series win until April sixth. And I think that was actually I think that was their first series win of the entire season. And uh, so, look, needless to say, this uh, we didn't really see this coming from the beginning. But, uh, you know, tip of the cap to them. You know, they, they took advantage of series like Appalachian State and Little Rock and, and, and really showed their colors against Coastal Carolina and showed you that, you know, string together a few hits here and there. They can small ball their way into getting victories. And, uh, you know, win's a win when you get it. Yeah, winning nine of your last 12 games is definitely the way you want to be going into the postseason. I mean, that's exactly what this ball club did. And what's surprising enough, if you go and look at some of the games, look at some of the scoreboards, it wasn't all their pitching. In fact, in some of these games, in some solid stretches of these games, their pitching wasn't what we were accustomed to seeing from them. It was finally, finally this season, the bats came through and picked up the slack when it was most needed. 
yeah, games that really stick out is you know when they score twelve against Coastal Carolina, you know top a top twenty five team in the country he had his great RPI, uh, pretty much a tournament team. That's just about a done deal. But uh, you know, they've leaned on the same guys. We've said the same names all year, and that's Daniel LaHare and Gavin Bourgeois. It's it's and in one you know one thing I can really hang my hat on is this year I. I I said at the beginning, I thought that Hayden Cantrell would play an important role, not only off, not only defensively, but offensively. He's come around and is you know hovering very close to three hundred. So, uh, it, it, you just you got to appreciate what these guys have done late in the season. Uh, a few times when I've been on Gus's show, he's talked about LA Tech and what they've done, and LA Tech has almost had the exact opposite schedule or exact opposite season where they started off hot and have just kind of fizzled where the cages have gotten hot at the right time and uh and, and really are you know heading into this sunbelt conference with uh, with all the momentum so it seems as if though everything's on their side other than coastal carolina being in there and uh you know a team that they won a series against but uh still a a tough competitor to overcome in this tournament and looking at the other side of the ball where would this team be without both Colton Schmidt and Logan Stolk on the mound? Schmidt, I mean, he's thrown over 100 innings, got 86 strikeouts, only 9 walks, and he doesn't have a loss on the season with a 7-0 record. Um, again, he's got that ERA of an under-2 ERA. And then you've got Stolk coming out the bullpen with 10 saves on the year. I mean, that is what you need when throughout the season you might not have had the best hitting. You need these guys to be able to go out there and absolutely lock it down. Um, and that's exactly what these guys have done in a what started off looking out looking to be a very down year these guys could have easily both sides of the ball could have easily packed it in but for the pitchers to keep going out there and dealing for the hitters to finally turn it on at the end of the season uh, really you have to credit coach Robichaux for keeping their heads in it yeah and I think a biggest thing that jumps out to me is uh the injury to Hogan Harris at the beginning of the season just kind of Kind of worked his way back here and there. Uh, wasn't didn't play as big of a role. Nick Lee struggled to get wins at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, shoot, is even sitting at a three and six record right now. So some of those some of those tough luck losses for him. But um, it's uh, you know it's you're right, you're right. It's it's hard to say that this team isn't gritty and uh, and getting the wins. But um, I I think really what we got to start looking at is is tournament time. I I, I think this is. Maybe this is just our way of, of paying back the UL fans that have listened and been like, where's the love for what is happening? Because it seems as if, though, when this team got hot, we talked about it, but we didn't truly appreciate where this team could go. It seemed like a few weeks ago we were, we were predicting that these guys would be on the outside looking in. I mean, we both, under and at the time it was reasonable for us to think that. Sure. We thought their hot streak against Coastal, things like that, we thought it was a flash in the pan. Um, just a fluke of a weekend, but... I mean, the last month or so of the season, they've showed us that it really wasn't. That's they've really turned it on, and they've showed us that's who they are now. Mm-hmm. And so, heading into this week, or this this week, not weekend, uh, starting Wednesday, they'll play the winner of uh, the first round team. So, UL Lafayette has their has their you know pick of the litter here. It's it's hard to say who they might end up playing, but uh, at the very least, we know that they won't play Little Rock because they won't get the very lowest seed, but. Other teams that they could face off in the first round are Georgia State, UTA, or nope, it's not. Who we got? Uh, unless I'm wrong, it looks like they won't play Georgia State because Georgia State is the lowest seed, mm. right? Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. So Georgia State's what? They're Georgia State's ten. 
Georgia State's team. But I mean, so, let's be honest, they're probably not going to beat Little Rock. <laughs> but what you've got is so you got Little Rock, UTA, and Arkansas State. Is that correct? Right. So those are your three teams that uh, that you that Lafayette fans or UL Lafayette fans can can look at and say, you know, that's where we face. UTA is a team that. Uh, uh, that the Cajuns were unable to get the win against. Or no, that was their that was their first conference win. I'm sorry, that was uh, that was where they got their first conference win. Um, able to put themselves on the board there. They had a they had a series loss against Arkansas State, and I think just about every team in this conference manhandled Georgia State. Uh, surprising that they're actually in the tournament. I guess Appalachian State stayed home in in, in Boone, North Carolina, and, and took their place for them, but. Uh, it, it seems as though any of these matchups would be solid for UL, especially the way that they've been playing at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they did lose the series to Arkansas State, correct? They did, I, I er, early State, early in the season. Per usual, what you say goes in one year and There you the go, other. it sounds about right. Um, but yeah, this is a completely different ball club, uh, to get back to relevant topics, a completely different ball club than they were than when they traveled up to Arkansas to play Arkansas State. Um, so... I'm interested. I'm really interested to see on Tuesday who it turns out that they do play. Um, UTA, I just had to say, that's a team that I was kind of disappointed in this year. Last year they had a pretty mm-hmm. solid ball yeah. club, and they man, they really fell off this year. I mean, I'm sure people who are doing podcasts around the Dallas, uh, Texas area <laughs> yeah. are saying the same thing about a lot of Louisiana teams, but just a quick quip I had to get in there. No, that's. I mean, it's a good point. We talked last. I think. Last season, around I don't know, late April or so, uh, when Lafayette played at UT Arlington, they were a team that 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 shined and really uh, you know put a stumble in this Cajuns' uh, possible postseason berth, and and it actually led to some of it. We oh man, now now that I just thought of it, I last year at this time. I, I and I still was fuming about it in the postseason was the way that the conference handled the tournament with the rain delays coming in. It was a single elimination uh, in the in the second round. It was oof, not great. And uh, I guess needless to say, I think UL Lafayette fans are hoping that they don't see uh, Georgia Southern anytime this this uh, this week and maybe <laughs> maybe just avoid any kind of deja vu or uh, rally possum nonsense. Something that. I don't know. Some some something that they don't want to see uh come this week, but uh yeah, their pick of the litter here is uh is these three teams. Um and getting back just to the Cajuns, yeah. one thing I think is just absolutely nuts just looking at this right now. The Raging Cajuns have currently the longest winning streak out of any of the teams in the Sun Duck Conference. And if you would have told me that would have happened wow. at any point in the season. I mean, granted it's only four games, but hell, that's Four games longer than Coastal Carolina's win streak right now. Um, so, again, it's just the way you want to end a season is on a, uh, on a hot note. If they can keep this going into the Sun Belt Tournament, depending who they play, um, they might actually find themselves in a regional somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, but it, it's going to be a tough road ahead because as you can look, when you look at that Sun Belt Conference standings, I mean, after Coastal Carolina, you've got, I mean, ULF yet was able to win the West with their 18 and 12 record, but I mean Troy, you've got all these other guys. South Alabama, it's I mean right, it's neck and neck. It's a game or two away, a game or three away from uh, from making a difference and being that second seed, third seed, fourth seed. So it's 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 going to be a tough road. But so if we look at it, what um, 
you know, based on bubble teams, RPI, you currently ULF, you had is sitting at number 54. So, hey, man. That's 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 in the that's in the number you kind of want to be in, and if you get maybe a few conference wins or conference uh, tournament wins sprinkled in there, depending on who it is you're playing mm-hmm. and who else is losing, you know it's hard to say. But uh, what do you? So we've we did this few shoot. I think it was a month ago. We were saying we were saying what needs to happen in order to get in, and right here the the table is set. You just need to you just need to do the work, you know. What what needs to happen for ULF yet to get in? Do they do you think they need to win this tournament? Do you think they need to make a run? Uh, what's where you at? So we asked that. I remember it was right before the Coastal Carolina series, um, and at that point I thought you were pulling my leg. I thought surely you were messing with me, but I mean I had to answer it, and I said you know they I don't think it'll happen, but they have to go on a solid run at the end of this year, and then they're going to need to make a solid run in the tournament as well. Well, they went on that solid run, went going nine and three in their last twelve games. Um, I think if they go one and done in the tournament, I think they're out. I don't think they'll make a regional. I think if they win three games, I can't believe I'm saying this. If they win three <laughs> games in the conference tournament, I think they will definitely make a regional. I think if they win two games, they're a bubble team. They're a last five in or a first five out, and I really don't know which way I lean right there. And that's the thing. I, I was thinking about that too because I was like. You know, if you're sitting in the Big 12 or you're sitting in the ACC or the SEC and you win, and you're a bubble team and you win two games in your tournament, that's, I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty damn good, especially for as powerful as those conferences are. Whereas the Sun Belt is just a little bit above that Southland mid-major area and maybe right in that AAC area. So, um, you know, with the Sun Belt not really being this power, especially power conference this year, I expected them to have a little bit more of a boost with South Al coming on. But uh, the conference still just doesn't hold as much weight as I feel like it should. So I agree. I feel like well, absolutely. You win, you you first round and you lose. You're done. You're done. There's no way. There's too many bubble teams. There's too many automatic qualifiers that are gonna knock you out. Things like that. You're gonna see guys from the SoCo or SoCon uh, Valley. You know all these tiny little conferences, somehow smaller than the Southland, uh, knock you out. So. I think uh, I think I think I think the Cages could take care of business in the first two. I think they can win two games, but that's where you're on your fringe. You know, that's where you're gonna see. Hey, you know, are, are we gonna be able to be? You know, South Al, are we gonna be able to take on Coastal Carolina when the championship game comes? Like, is that what it's gonna come down to? Um, I think there's a lot of factors. Obviously, I mean, obviously, hey, you win the tournament, you're in. You know, right. you punch your ticket, you've done it, you've done it for yourself. Coastal's already in. So you got to think. Let's say they meet each other there. This is obviously there's a lot there's a lot that has to happen there. ULF yet meets Coastal Carolina. Coastal's already a number fifteen seed. So maybe they fight to host a regional. Maybe they're fighting to do this or that. But uh, I think you get over that first hump and uh, and there's real potential for this team. If I really had to put my money on it. I and you know what? This it, is probably gonna end up working in the Cajuns' favor because yep. I'm always wrong. Right there with you. I, I think I think they're out. I think they're out. I think that uh, you know I really I really do. I like what this team has done, but just the road and the road that has to be traveled for this team. I think I think they see fine against whoever they they face in that first round, but um, it's hard for me to see the Cajuns really really 
making a true run. I like. I think that in the postseason, it's important to have great depth and pitching. We saw that with LSU in the World Series last year. I mean, eventually, they just ran out of guys to throw out there. And that's one thing that the Cajuns can do. So if these guys can stay consistent, if you can have great starting pitching, uh, I think you make a great run for for the Cajuns. But uh, something in the cards, I just, I, just, I just don't see it for them. I think there's too many bubble teams. And, yeah, they see themselves as one of the last four out. So I see them winning the first game, regardless of who it's against. I think they've been playing really good baseball. Again, this is blowing my mind we're having this conversation. <laughs> I think they're playing good baseball right now. I think they'll get a win in the whoever they play, whether it's Arkansas State, UTA, or Little Rock. Um, I think they'll handle their business there. It's when it gets into that second round that it gets dicey, and they're going to need an absolute gem from whoever they throw out on the mound that game. And you said it. There's just too many factors that if they lose that game, they're going to be scoreboard watching to see how many automatic qualifiers. And if it's yeah. anything like last year where there were a couple upsets in conference tournaments um, and they take some of those spots away, that's where things get dicey for the Cajuns. And I'm with you. I don't, again, I've bet against this team all season. <laughs> they have the same record as LSU right now. 33-23. and 23. Yes, indeed. They finished 10 games above 500, man. That's yeah. a hell of a second yeah, man. from them. So whether... The, I'll get it out of the way. I don't think they make it. I do think they probably lose in game two. Um, ultimately, I could see him losing in game one, but to that point, I could also see him making a deep run because I don't. I know absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> um, but just the fact that they're having, we're having this conversation about it. They need to hold their heads high after the season because they made they oh, really yes. flipped the switch. Oh my and goodness! A complete wash of a season into something respectable. And you know what's and I'm going to start this argument and we don't have to really dive into it. We could just call it the ramblings of a madman, but this for teams like ULF yet and for some of these other teams that we're going to talk about these next three teams, maybe maybe two of them, maybe not maybe not the last one. One of them's really looking kind of poor. But <laughs> the idea of an NIT, a not in uh, and an NIT for for college baseball. Everybody loves the NIT for basketball. You know they love when uh, you know a program's on the uptick and does well in the NIT. Usually they follow up with an with a berth, right, or the NCAA yeah. berth right afterwards. That's how you get momentum going. That's how you build programs. That's how you get exposure for your team. I mean, UL Lafayette is no schlub and and bringing in recruits. They're no LSU. They're no SEC team. But you know, being in a tournament like that bodes confidence for yourself going forward and into the next season and I think that's where in this fantasy world of mine they would fit in really well and make an actually big run in the NIT uh, baseball tournament but it's not a thing so I guess I'm still just insane. But hypothetically I, I really do like that idea but I do think it would need to be smaller than the actual oh, NIT because oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think like obviously go like 16 teams. Right yeah obviously Schools would love it. Venues would love it because it's yeah, breaking in more money. Absolutely. Um, the players would like it. I mean, We would love it. We get to cover them yes, more. <laughs> players would like it. They get to play more baseball. When sure. Obviously, none of, not all of these players are going to be drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, just for the fans, it's more baseball to watch. Yeah. More baseball to watch for the fans. More money to rake in for the NCAA, even though they refuse to pay the players. Bastards. Which, no, 
whole different podcast. <laughs> um, We're starting a new podcast branch, uh, <laughs> uh, Rebels of uh, College Baseball. <laughs> I, I do like that idea. Um, you should get on that. Yeah, Contact I'll, I'll start the, writing the some letters. Write a letter writing campaign. Do people still write letters anyway? Let's send them somewhere where they do. We can rally all of our followers to, or all of our listeners to get on this petition for that. So we'll have how many? How all many? seven of us. It'll be great. Yes, indeed. We'll have seven my, signatures on that podcast. My parents, your parents. It'll be it'll be <laughs> incredible. But yeah. So with that being said, in in the spirit of uh, of, of of great baseball that will be watched this week. Um, I think this is a good transition into the Southland Conference um, with the Southeastern Lions, a team that is sitting at 36 and 20 on the season with a 21 and 9 record in Southland play. Currently sitting at an RPI of 76. Oh, that really hurts, especially for this Matt Riser club. He's usually so good about scheduling not only great in-state opponents but out-of-state opponents. Um, yeah, you really got to give credit to what this team has done so far this season. Um, you know, we've been shoot, we've been praising these dudes all season long in the way that they've been able to put together a schedule and fit their pitching staff. You know, whether it was, uh, you know, just a so many different pitchers that came in. They had Grandier. They had uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. They had Green. The weekend rotation was constantly shuffled around, and uh, they were still able to get. Weekend series after weekend series. You know, they may have stumbled out of the gate against UConn early in the season. I think that would have given them a big bump. But, you know, getting some wins against teams like Mississippi State, USM, uh, LSU really goes a long way for this team. And they're going to be a true bubble team, much like UL Lafayette is. And, you know, about the RPI point, you're right. Riser is usually excellent. And, honestly, when you looked at the schedule before the season started – it seemed like it was a pretty tough schedule for them. With LSU twice, didn't turn out to be the team we thought. Mm-mm. Mississippi State, ULL twice, uh, South Alabama. South Alabama, that's a big one, yeah. Alabama. So he went out and he scheduled teams that are traditionally right. good baseball teams. And, man, he just kind of got hosed right there. And the fact that so many of these teams had down years, it really ended up hurting him. Yeah, and so I mean, there's nothing really you, you can you can do with that. Uh, I think one thing that really sticks out in my mind is, I think it was the weekend of. I think I I had called it. I got a little love on Twitter after I called it uh, Southeastern going on the road to get that series win against Sam Houston State. That was huge for this ball club. It's a damn shame that Sam Houston State followed up the next weekend by sweeping Incarnate Word and just basically securing themselves as the first ra- as, as first round yeah. uh, as as number one seed overall. Um, so then that you know that turns the tables. Whereas Southeastern had the upper hand getting the series series win. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Sam Houston State was able to you know just kind of bounce back and you know they they won they won the regular season title. But uh, that doesn't guarantee that they're an automatic qualifier. Right. You know, these mid-major teams might get two. Last year, Southeastern and Sam Houston State both in, making some great runs. We saw what Sam Houston State was able to do last season. That was a fun one to watch. Um, so I think it really is. It's really going to come down to these two, and and one team that can definitely help out this this Southeastern Lions ball club is uh, is actually the first round matchup of uh, of Sam Houston State versus UNO. So whereas the Pontchartrain Bowl has definitely been one that the Lions fans have rooted for themselves, uh, they might find themselves screen watching. Obviously, 
They have to take care of business themselves. They play Wednesday at noon against Nichols State, another Louisiana opponent. So sad to see him go. One of them's got to fall, just like on a minor, on a more much more minor scale, kind of like last year's Baton Rouge Regional. Right. It was like, oh, man, so Southeastern, why does the road have to go through Baton Rouge? And you know what? We talked about this a little while ago. It doesn't. About it doesn't have to go through Baton Rouge this year. So, look, Lions fans, Maybe a change of scenery will do you good. I think this is going to be a great tournament team, but I guess you got to get there in order yes, to know man. if they're a great tournament team. But So, yeah, you're going to have your Southeastern Lions heading uh, against the Nickel State Colonels, and then basically following that game, yeah, immediately following that game will be uh, Sam Houston State taking on UNO. So I think that's Southeastern's best bet in, um, in getting this, but... Man, uh, it's it, it hurts to see a 36-win team like this, uh, just well-rounded. I think this is actually a better ball club than what they had last season. It would hurt for me to not see them in the postseason. Yeah, agreed. Um, and just on the Southland Conference as a whole, five Louisiana teams in the tournament this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know when the last time that's happened was, but, Mm-mm. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive for all of these schools. And there's only eight that get in. Yeah. It's impressive for all of these schools to have turned it on. Um, unfortunately, you talked about how that means either the Lions or Nichols will knock each other off. The winner of that game is also guaranteed to, to knock to play another Louisiana school, as the winner of that game will play the winner of Northwestern State versus McNeese, yeah. who had a bit of a down year comparatively the last year as well. Um, so yeah, it's really, I mean, similar to ULL, it's going to come down to the conference tournament like it so often does for these mid-major teams. Um and man, I, this team's so much fun to watch. That I know. would be such a shame if they didn't make a regional and get that national exposure because they deserve it, honestly. Yeah, and I think when I just like look around, when you look around the Sun Belt, Sam Houston right now has an RPI of fifty-one. So they're not exactly, you know, sitting pretty either. They're all, they're sitting pretty currently if they win out and maybe right. South. So Sam Houston's probably got the same mentality. They lost a series to Southeastern. They're sitting at 51 RPI. They're a mid-major team, so they still aren't guaranteed anything unless they get the automatic qualifier with a conference championship win. And Matt Reiser has been quoted multiple years in a row saying, I'm not going to sleep tonight if we don't get the conference win because he knows that's the only way they're definitely in. This team has, has seen its share of heartbreaking seasons with 40 wins and missing the tournament. Um, this is going to be another one of those seasons where uh, it's going to be tough. You know, you, you've got a lot of these really like bubble teams. You know, you see like like Troy is one that we met, we didn't mention, but when we talked about the Sun Belt, is a big one. Wichita State is right in that area. Um, you also see teams like Cal State Fullerton, who maybe doesn't have the best record, but has got pretty great RPI and plays in the Big West, which carries a lot of weight. Uh, Louisiana Tech. I don't think I've ever mentioned Louisiana Tech so much in the podcast than I have in the last yep. 20 minutes that we've started <laughs> but um, this episode. But, uh, you know, all these teams, this is going to be the same thing that, um, you know, Southeastern's playing. But just about all of these teams that we're talking about today are playing a similar similar role in that, you know, they got to take care of business. They, they've they've got to get their own wins. Um, see, whereas... Whereas UL Lafayette can kind of play with a little bit of house money, you know they're the number two seed, but in the Sun Belt, you know they right. we were mentioning earlier how the conference is just different. I think, I think the Lions, I think they got to win. 
I think I hate it. I hate I hate that this team could go to the championship and they could play against not even Sam Houston. They could play on the other end of the bracket and um I don't know, Central Arkansas could skip their way into the championship. They could lose to Central Arkansas. I feel like I think that's it. I think that would be it. Even if Sam let's say another crazy rambling here. Sam Houston State loses in the first round to UNO. You and and then Southeastern gets its way all the way to the championship and loses to Central Arkansas. I still think even at that moment, Central Arkansas takes the only automatic qualifier, and that's it. You see Sam Houston State and Southeastern sitting on the outside, which would hurt even more for this conference. So, yeah, because it, Arkansas would Central Arkansas would be yeah. a four seed, zero and two, go home. Yeah, exactly. No yeah, conference. It, yeah, there would be there would be nothing. There would be no. It, perfectly said. There's no way that this team's going to make a run like that. They could, you, know, you can make a run in the Southland Conference um, tournament, but it's it's hard. I mean, you really have to be built for tournaments, and uh, I think that these number one and two seeds are really where it's at. So, um, yeah, I'd say I'd say they have to win it all in order for them to, in order to get in. I, I hate saying it, but I think it's just the truth. I disagree. I think that two things need to happen. For them to not win at all, but and still make the postseason, I think if they make it to the conference championship game and lose, as long as that loss is to Sam Houston State, right? I do think they will make it. If it's a loss to any other team in the tournament, I think they're watching on the sidelines, uh, watching at home, watching mm-hmm. wherever. They're not going to be playing. Um, and, Man, I just want them to make it so bad. I know they're a fun. Neither of us have any ties. No, By the way, no. like I went to LSU, like guess you went to Loyola. I guess yeah. you were by Tulane. If we really want to, yeah. yeah. There's no chance that you like that team. Anyway, <laughs> there, I, there's no ties here, but something about this team, watching them, what they've done the last few seasons, is just like incredible. And we know how it is in southeast. I almost said southwest. We know how it is in Ham in America, baby. Southeast Louisiana. Everyone's an LSU fan. No one watches any other school. Right. If they do, it's probably Tulane. Yeah. Um. I think I honestly think this season that the Lions have been the most fun team in Louisiana to watch, and I don't think it's particularly close either. I mean, LSU just a down year. Tulane, uh, ULL, they've been they've been very fun to watch the second half of the season. But the Lions are consistently fun. They play that hard nosed smash mouth baseball yeah. that it's just a blast to watch. So to all of the listeners. You know, if this team does manage to make it into a regional, they most likely won't be in the same regional as LSU. So watch this team and root for them because you will be pleasantly su- surprised with what you see. That's that's good. I, I yeah, for real. It's it's hard not to not to root for uh, I guess the the little brother of the uh, of the Louisiana area, but uh, a good team overall. And uh, so so just to recap, you so how do you think? Southeastern, so Southeastern gets in only. They, um, you said it. Southeastern yeah. gets in if they if they lose win the tournament to, or if they lose or if they lose to Sam Houston, right? And so, and you know what's going to be interesting is we we knew that maybe these two that Southeastern here and ULF yet might actually be watching each other at the same time because if you think about yeah. it. I mean, if you talk about regionals yep. and making teams work and similar RPI, they are, you know, right in the same neighborhood. You got 54 for ULF yet, and you got 76 for uh, Southeastern. I mean, a few wins here changes the numbers dramatically. So 
these two teams might be watching each other to see who's in and who's out. So uh, that'll be another one to look at for people who just basically keep up with, you know, who us, the Neutral Grounder podcast, keep up with. So what do you think? How do you think this conference tournament unfolds? I... It's it's hard to say, you know. I think I think Southeastern handles Nichols. Um, you know they've got they've got some good pieces. They've got some nice guys that are that have been there. Um, but it's just not a you know they're just not a tournament right. team. Um, I think Northwestern has played much better. Nichols State has played down this season. I could see them. I could see them going, and I could see them winning. But uh, you know Central Arkansas is one of those teams that gave uh, SLU a lot of trouble this season. Actually had a really positive year. Um, Sam Houston State would be, if you're a great baseball fan, would be the matchup that you want. You'd like to see Sam Houston State versus Southeastern. Um, I would drive out to Sugarland on Saturday to see that. It would be a very extremely long drive, but I'd love it. That would sound great. But um, I think if there's, I think I, I'm, I don't know why. I have this feeling Central Arkansas could make a run. They've they've been they've been a team that's been a thorn in uh, the Lions' side for a while. Uh, maybe not in tournament time. Maybe just whenever Lions seem like they're getting hot, they're able to take advantage of that. So um, yeah, it, it. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what I'm just gonna go for it. I'm, I'm gonna be a homer here, and I'm just gonna say I think I think Southeastern could win it. I think they're gonna win it. Um, I think there's a lot riding here, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of games to be played. It's not easy to be done, but when you have eight teams in your in your conference tournament, you you've got a better chance there. Yep. It's not like the SEC where you've you know you've got what twelve teams that get in. It's uh, it's uh, it's you know, easier teams, and you know the the, the cream kind of rises to the top with the Southland. You see you see Southeastern, you see Sam Houston State like really shine in the postseason. And they've, and they've got that experience to go that far. I think the pitching for Southeastern has been much better, and I think that'll carry them much farther than it did, uh, you know, a year ago where they fell short. So, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to ride it here. I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that our, my prediction is that they'll win, but if they fall short, we talked about what we think right. is going to happen if they don't win. So were you also predicting that Central Arkansas takes down Sam Houston State? And Central Arkansas is the team that loses to the Lions in the finals. No, that's not what I'm going to go with. I, I just that think, would have been a bold. Prediction. I think that I think that Central Arkansas could play spoiler. Though. Okay, I think that's where I'm at, and that they could really, um, really make some noise and and really screw over the Southland Conference, almost like the yep. Sun Belt did to itself last season. <laughs> it was uh, it was a, it's a you know just a self imploding that that could happen. So I'm wishing the best for the Southland Conference and hope that only the most talented of the teams appear there, but uh, yeah. And for me, I I really see this going chalk. I can't see either Southeastern or Sam Houston State losing until the championship game. Yeah. I, I just don't see them losing to one of these teams. They're on a different plane than everybody else. They really are. Um, as far as the championship game, I don't know why I have a bad feeling. And again, this is a couple, <laughs> how many, what, three games down the road? Right, sure. And this is the team they won a series. Yeah, I mean, they exactly. won the series on the road. They've beaten them in their own turf. I know. Maybe it's still just uh, the hangover I had from last year's yeah. Southland tournament. Um, I think anyone who's been listening knows I hope to God that Southeastern takes it and gets that automatic bid. Right. I don't know what it is, but I see Sam Houston State winning the tournament. Yeah, and that might that might just about 
do it. But I mean, we we we're we're still unsure on that one. I think you and I are kind of split decision on oh yeah on on where we're at there. But uh, only time will tell. So we'll we'll keep an eye. I'm sure we'll keep you updated this weekend on. I like I like how we're we were like very pessimistic on how the Sunbelt Conference is gonna go, but now I'm like willing to give Twitter updates on like how the Southland Conference tournament's going. But uh, but yeah, needless to say. Uh, but hey, who knows? Maybe they'll someone will sh- UNO will shock the world and streak and and beat Sam Houston State and then beat Southeastern there. Then we'll both be crying in our pillows somewhere. But uh, someone will be happy, right? Uh, Blake Dean at least at the Blake very Dean least. And UNO's six fans. Yeah, exactly. So that's where we're at. Uh, anyway, as we move from the southeastern Lions, we take a look at whoo, oh, whoo, the the uh, RPI ranked number eighty-seven, twenty-four and thirty-one, nine and fourteen in the conference. Tulane Green Wave, Yowza. Uh, this is a team that, man, I just need to stop. I need, just need to stop trying to give them hope because they hear it and they're like, yay, we've held on to someone. Someone's willing to believe in us. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to do great. And then they just, no, they just, they just didn't do it. I, um, I think a few weeks ago I had talked on, I can't, I, I don't know. I repeat myself a lot. I talk a lot. Oh, yeah. I uh, am unaware if, if I said this to you or if I said it to Gus when I was on his show uh, about, I think, how that two-lane series against Memphis, I had mentioned before that I think this was going to be the last hurrah for the Green Wave. You know, we, we knew the ECU series wasn't going to be great going in, and we knew the UCF series really wasn't going to be great, and I, I think that's where we're at. You know, Memphis was a nice little series for um, the Green Wave to, to, to get a win at home. Senior day, you know, you saw and, – and you saw some flash from younger guys too. So uh, there's nothing to take away from there. But this this team, they, we know. We know we know what the problem is. They still don't have the pitching. Um, but, you know, as, as, as we look at this team on the season, they've – they've. I don't know. What, do, do we say that they – do they? Do we say that they are on par with exactly what you thought? Because it seemed pretty damn close, Joel. Yeah, you know that's. I am a little disappointed in myself. Yeah, aren't you? A little something. off right there. I, I said it over and over. I thought they were going to be around five hundred, and you know they were until they lost seven of their last nine. <laughs> and man, I'm sitting there. We're like seven eighths of the way through the season. Who uses the term seven eighths? We're know. almost done with the season. <laughs> I'm like, hell yes, I got this right. Something else I'm going to be able to rub all the y'all's nose in. Sure enough, they go on this stinker to finish the season, and I'm sitting here looking like more of a jerk than usual. Yeah, I was um, about to say, it's even worse than you than yeah, you had predicted. Unbelievable. Um, so, I'm disappointed, man. They, we thought Caleb Roper was going to come in here and be a stud this mm-hmm. year. He had a four and a half ERA. Right. Not awful, but I mean... It's too inconsistent yep. with, uh, you know, which guy you got on Friday nights. Yes, indeed. Um, Keegan Giles, far and away, best pitcher on the oh, staff. Oh, absolutely. And, no and so underrated. We had, yep. we had said how when eventually we will, soon we will release our uh, all Louisiana teams. But we were talking about how it, he's almost first team. He's oh, yeah. so underrated he's on there. what he's done this season. And then, I mean, you just have to feel for Grant Witherspoon. The numbers he put up his this senior season, yeah, and for or ju- or junior, he'll be gone. Junior season, yeah, his final season. Um, shoot, can you blame him for, yeah, for bouncing too? Not After pretty. a season like that, both, I mean, him with his stats hitting three twenty four and ten home runs, and then a team that 
went 24 and 31. Oh, yeah. God, it's just, it's, you feel but, sick for but, him. You know, even at the beginning of the year when we did previews, we said, this is prob, and we said, we said, we said Grant Witherspoon will be an all AAC player. And he was. He made first team all AAC. And that's, and, and that's, that's about as high as of a point as you can get for Tulane this season because uh, that's, I don't know. There's just, there just wasn't much cooking for him this season. I think that there were some ups and some downs. More downs than ups, obviously. But you it, shoot, it, it, I'm looking at the series right now. Mid-April, the team that Tulane has to face in the first round of this conference tournament, they get the win. They get the conference win. I mean, the, uh, they get a conference series win against Houston. They have that barn burner that goes 17-16 in game one. They win 2-0 on, on uh, Saturday. Then they go for the sweep on Sunday and fall two runs short. I mean, who is this team, and how were they able to do that against Houston? And do you think that they can muster up any any you know portion of that as they head to face Houston in a neutral site here in Clearwater? I think there is one chance that it can happen, and it is if... The apocalypse happens? I'm sorry. (laughs) If Keegan Giles goes out there, and again, very capable of it, goes out there and just absolutely throws a gem, that's what it's going to take. He's going to have to go eight innings, maybe one run. (laughs) Nine innings, 12 strikeouts, zero walks. It's always, every time he puts up those numbers, though, it's like the most ridiculous. You're like, no way, this is like a video game. Yeah, and honestly, it's going to take video game numbers for them to have a chance of winning because Houston's too too good of a ball club. Um, I mean, 16 and 8 in conference compared to Tulane's 9 and 14. Tulane's going to have to handle their business, and I don't. They haven't given us hope all season that yeah, they can consistently I'm, do that. I'm with you. I'm with you here. I, I think that I think that this this club ends their their um, you know heartbreaking and and just struggling season. I think they've got a lot of young guys that they've seen do some work um you know it was nice it it was the hype coming into the season was great i was excited for it all the juco pitchers coming in it was there they did enough to bring me in but not enough to actually perform on the field so it's it's hard for me to say that they're going to find it i think houston is end up going to be a great two seed in the conf in the ncaa conference tournament um probably have potential to make a great run you know LSU fans southeastern fans everybody knows the the Cougars have have always laid some sort of stamp on the teams in this Louisiana area and I think they uh they uh kick the uh the the wave to the curb here and, and end the end end their season as the Cougars probably head on to what will probably be a nice postseason run so could you hypothetically say that no. that you know, the, you know, a bad pun's coming. That the waves coming crashing down. Oh man! I had wish to get, we had, had to get one more. I wish we had sound effects like <laughs> something, something horribly horrible. But uh, so after two down seasons, after hiring uh, Travis Jewett, I wanted to get your take. What? Obviously, they're still glad they hired him over Panzero. <laughs> with oh, all that happened there, Jesus but, H. Man, what do you see? What do you see for him? I know I'm kind of just springing this question. No, on No, but I mean, you're right. I mean, but it, it's it's a good question. It's like where where do you see this guy? And uh, I don't know. It's hard, especially after what they did in 2016, and you know, going and making noise in that in that Ole Miss regional. You thought, oh my goodness, here we go. Tulane is finally back to their glory days of competing with LSU in baseball. They're at it. Like this is this is going to be a great rivalry again. And uh, you know, you, you, cha- you 
changing the helm and you can't hold on to juniors and your seniors only you know perform for so long i i don't know eventually you got to get some pitching in there and i i I don't know. This the, he's he's a great recruiter. He's done some wonders when he was at Vanderbilt. Uh, was part of that team, the two teams that went to the College World Series back to back. You know, built that program, uh, helped build that program um, in Vanderbilt. But you know, this is a different world here. It's it's not as easy to bring those kind of guys in to uh, to this to this team. So if I haven't danced around your question long enough, I. I think he stays. I think, you know, you've only had, uh, Tulane fans I'm sure aren't thrilled, you've only had two seasons of him. I think, um, you know, you really can't get a sample size until you have about four. I think I think if I think if Tulane comes out there and farts out and gets 16 wins next season, you're going to see a much hotter seat and quite possibly the boot. But, um, you know, if if he's showing signs of improvement, as long as you see uptick and some of these guys, some of these younger guys who are playing pretty well, you consistently have that. I don't know. Maybe he does some schmoozing and convinces Grant Witherspoon to come back. I highly doubt that would happen, but you know, you never know. Like you never know when these guys are going to come back. We thought Jared. I thought Jared Poche was a done deal when he walked off the mound after that Rice series. I was like, okay, he's he's out of here. He's he's gone and ended up staying and. Helping the Tigers make a great postseason run, but uh, you know a few pieces away. Uh, definitely need to get some pitching. So, um, oof, I just hope that man. I, I like how we're pretty much calling him dead, but I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, I just hope that this off season for Tulane isn't as dramatic as last. Because did we not see every other guy, JP France? Yes, uh, you know, you you lose both your Friday and your Saturday pitchers, saying like, "Hey, adios, I'm going to play for somebody else." And it's like, why, why, why? So, uh, you know, there's sometimes there's good, there's good with making changes. Maybe you know, there's locker room guys that you know you need to get out of there. The bad in the locker room, right. good or bad or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, the wins is where is where is where the money is. It's where everything shows up. So. Uh, I think I think you've got a long. I think Jewett's got an extremely nerve-wracking season ahead of him. Uh, I'll say it again: they need pitching next week. They they need pitching next year. They need some bullpen help. You can't just rely on two guys to carry your weekend every week. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's where it's at. And I think I think we both agree. South uh, Southeastern Tulane will just it'll be a, it'll be a one and done here for Houston. Yeah, no question. <sighs> okay, so we go on to. Depressing and demoralizing to frustrating and... A little depressing. If yeah, a little depressing. Maybe just disappointing. Um, the okay. LSU Baseball Tigers. Hey, man. 33-23. and 23. Sounds like a good record to me. Oh, wait. That's right. It's not because everyone in your conference is good. Sitting at a 15-15 and 15 record in the SEC Conference. RPI 44. So, hey. I mean, LSU's... Not too bad right now, but who are they going to be competing with this? You know, the, the teams they're going to be competing with to make those conference bubbles are, um, well, the teams that are in their own damn conference. So, um, I don't know. Your, just your feelings overall. We'll, we'll just start overall feelings with uh, with LSU and, and where the season's at. They're currently coming off of a series loss to Auburn on the road. Would have been a huge RPI boost if they had gotten that win on Friday or Sunday, but uh, unable to do so, and now they're just you know sitting in in what they have to do. Yeah, and I mean, 
that last series basically sums up the season for the Tigers. Is you need them to do something. They get the win on Saturday. They pull you back in, and then they come out on Sunday and just drop game three. Um, I mean, you haven't been able to rely on this team all year, so why would they start the final weekend of the season? Um, and I know that's what has a lot of <laughs> Tiger fans concerned about going into this conference tournament because just like Southeastern and just like ULL, LSU fans aren't used to this, unlike those other schools, but all three of all fans of all three of those schools are going to be vigilantly watching this conference tournament because it's going to determine whether or not they make the postseason. When was the last time you could say that for Tiger fans? Yeah, it's it's been a while. I think uh, it's 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 hard to say. Uh, LSU has not has not been that team that's. I mean, it, it, in multiple seasons, top eight national seed along with hosting. Um, it's a different world. And and LSU's heading straight into the teeth of their of of not their schedule, but the the conference tournament. I mean, you've got you've got impossible, not impossible odds, but you've you've really got to do some damage and, and beat some damn good teams in order to get in. I think uh, you, know, you take a look at just the conference itself. You look at you look at the teams that are in Missouri. That's a, or the teams that are in the con, in the SEC conference tournament. Uh, Missouri's a team. LSU won their series against them. South Carolina swept by South Carolina. Both of those teams are doing their darnest to get in. South Carolina's probably a done deal. Missouri might follow up their last, whereas last season they were right on the outside looking in. They don't want to do that again either. A 12 seed, they're clinging to everything they have in order to stay relevant. UK, Kentucky, hot at the beginning of the year, kind of fizzled. Still needs to make a name in order to get in. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's probably in. Auburn's in. Texas A&M, another one, another great you know SEC West powerhouse throughout the years, just is not there this year. So they need to make a, a big run. Obviously, you you know you have your automatic qualifiers that are in Georgia, Ole Miss, Florida, Arkansas. Those will be Florida will be the number one seed in the country if they don't really screw things up. And Oregon State or Stanford makes a huge run in their tournament. Or no, they don't have a tournament, so they're so done. done. So so that, oh my goodness, that can of worms. I can get into that, but uh, you know those four are pretty much a done deal. So LSU faces Mississippi State. Uh, a team, a much different Mississippi State team than oh, yeah. from LSU played them earlier in the season. Started off, one, how about this? Started off one and five in conference play. Finished fifteen and fifteen, the same record that LSU has in conference play. Uh, I and, and 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 not to mention this Mississippi State team is coming off hot, <laughs> coming off hot off of a series sweep over Florida. This team has 41 wins in the country. Florida has 41 wins, and they just lost three straight in a row to Mississippi State, a team that's sitting at 31-24 and 24 on the season. Um, not as good of a record as LSU, just in case you forgot LSU's 33-23 and 23 record. But if that's not enough, it, it, I mean, you've it's hard. It's, it's, it's LSU. It's hard to see it from this angle because, yeah. They, they've got to do the same thing that UL. They've got to do the same thing that Southeastern's got to do. They've got to win their own damn game. And then they got to make sure someone else is losing theirs. Yep. Uncharted territory for a lot of Tiger fans. No, it, it truly is. There's so many of these teams that are just like floating 
I know that it, it kind of works out for LSU's favor that a team like Washington, that's one that is in the Pac-12 and doesn't, you know, doesn't have the opportunity to get more wins. But there's a lot of these, you know, there's a lot of these other teams. South Al, we've talked about them this season, or a, a team that could make a run. Um, I think it's it, it really you can chalk up LSU, UL, Lafayette, Southeastern in these same kind of groups of, of of teams that you could choose from and say, hey, they they may be in, they might not be in. Um, it seems as if though it's a lot of the mid majors, kind of like Southeastern and Wagner and Indiana State that you know have like thirty plus wins but don't have the resume to get them there. Whereas you kind of have these. You know, Iowa's and uh, Miami's. You know, Miami holds high because they're in the AAC. Or AAC, I'm sorry, ACC. And, th- and that conference holds. And, and that's kind of right. like, like where LSU is. You know, they've, they've, got, they've got a 15-15 and 15 record, but in the SEC, oh, great. But do you allow 11 teams from the SEC to get in this year? It's, it's, I just think it's going to be much like last season where, you know, your mid-majors are going to get at least one. Everybody gets one, and then you just got to see what what falls. You know what's what. Where are the scraps? But LSU needs to make their own name here. I remember after that Tennessee sweep, the series sweep of Tennessee in mid-April. I saw a tweet. I don't remember who it was from. Probably wouldn't call him out anyway. Jeez, um, oh, what did I say? I saw it. No, it wasn't from you. It was from some. <laughs> surprisingly enough, some. Uh, it was just some LSU writer, and again, we had just swept Tennessee comes out on Twitter and he has the cojones to tweet, LSU's flipped their switch for their uh, annual late season run and Tiger fans are all, yeah, yeah, feeling mm-hmm. themselves coming off a four-game win streak because they just beat Louisiana Tech as well. And because people are so accustomed to LSU just deciding to care all of a sudden going on those stretches. They did it last year. Became a national right. seed when we said there was no shot. And you're right. At they, least I said that. They sure did. So... After that, LSU proceeds to go 6-9 and nine in conference. <laughs> Not quite the switch. I guess it was dark in the room and they couldn't find it. It's a little dimmer. You yeah, know, they yeah. just kind of just pushed it up a little bit. They didn't flip it yeah, up. They just kind of made it a little brighter. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just not the finish that LSU usually puts on. And it's just put their postseason in jeopardy all of a sudden. Um, as weird as it is to say ULL has a chance, it's just as weird to say that LSU could be done in what two days? Yeah, shoot one day. Yeah. You lose, you lose Mississippi State in the first round. You are going home. The Palmer, the fire pulmonary chance will oh. rain in Baton Rouge. It's hard to say. It, look, there's there's no higher expectation than going to a World Series. Maybe winning a World Series is a higher expectation for the next season, but. There's there's nothing higher. There, everyone was expecting to make the postseason this year, at least make a regional, a super regional, something. We it, it, People of LSU knew what was being replaced. You're not going to find another Alex Lang. You're not going to find another Jared Poche. You can't predict that Josh Smith is going to get himself hurt in the first damn game of the season. You're not going to be able to predict that that Eric Walker injury was enough to keep him out the entire season. These are your, I mean... Fresh, I mean, the guys other than Zach Hess that, you know, your freshman class was unreal, that recruiting class, and and they're both gone. They were both out basically this entire season. I think Josh Smith played, what, six games? It was, um, you you can't predict these kind of things, but um, I don't know. There's, you kind of chalk up, uh, you mentioned that, you know, they come off that Tennessee sweep, 
and you know they were feeling hot. The bats were finally getting things going. But then the way in which you got swept by South Carolina, you lose eleven to one on Friday. Saturday you followed up with eleven to four loss, and then you lose eight to eight to six, in which they had to come back. Southeastern, I mean, South Carolina rallied in order to win that game. They were just demoralized, and then followed up with a shoot. No, they didn't. They lost early in that week to Tulane, but. I mean, just I mean, look pathetic. I mean, the series against Ole Miss looked bad. You you had joked after that Ole Miss series. You said, yeah, no one LSU. Uh, they turn it around and get the sweep of Arkansas at home. They almost did. Almost. They almost did it. It's just it's just where this team is this season. They were unable to get the sweeps when they needed them. They were unable to get the you know the like they probably could have gotten a series sweep against Alabama. That's what we were thinking. They probably could have gotten, have. A, yeah, should have. They probably should have gotten a series win over Auburn if they had, you know, played a little bit more. They they had a better chance of getting the sweep against Mississippi State at the beginning of the year. I mean, that's three wins right there. They should have stole one from South Carolina. Hey, 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 gosh, something. I mean, you know, you take one. It's it's just there's there's. I mean, if that's three games, this team goes what? I can't do the math. Eighteen and thirteen. Eight no, nineteen and mother effer. What is it? Third eighteen. Eighteen and twelve. Thank you very much. I'm a math major. Eighteen and (laughs) twelve. I educate your youth. I'm really sorry. Eighteen and twelve. Eighteen and twelve in the SEC. Hot damn. That's a damn good record. That's three games. That's tournaments. And then you squeak out a maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's a tournament spot. It's a done deal. You uh and let's see. Let's look at the let's look at the conference. Let's see where they're at. Um, they probably. Be somewhere not playing Florida in the second round. That's that's where they'd be. They'd play about Missouri or yeah, somebody. Yes, they'd probably be in Auburn or Vanderbilt spot where you Vanderbilt, play maybe yeah. maybe Georgia or Arkansas, something like that. But um, I, I'm just I'm just gonna get down to it. I've just been complaining too much. Uh, you know, game one, Nick Bush is announced as the opening okay. series starter. I think that that is extremely bold. For a team that needs to get a win in a single elimination, I uh, I, I just I, I don't I don't hate it, I but know. a guy who has three starts all season, it's hard for you to say, go get him. Here's my issue with that. So say Nick Bush goes out there and just lays one on Mississippi State, just absolutely goes out and dominates. Mm-hmm. You come back the next day and you play Florida. Unless I'm reading this wrong, you play yeah. Florida. No, yeah. I don't care. Who you pitch, this LSU team is not going to beat Florida unless Florida miraculously keeps throwing out these stinkers like they did against yeah. the Bulldogs. But realistically, LSU probably will lose that game regardless of who they pitch. So I don't see why you wouldn't go out there and dominate Mississippi State, make it known to the powers that be that you're coming to play in the postseason. Go out there, put up a fight against Florida. But at least you will have definitely won a game in the SEC tournament, and that'll greatly, not quite solidify, but it'll greatly improve your chances of getting into the regional. See, like this is why I don't hate. I don't. I don't love it, but I don't hate the push for the push the for push the, for the Bush. push for Bush. My goodness, that one's weird. I don't like that one. Let's yeah, not cool. let's not say that one anymore. But the push for Nick Bush to play uh, to, to get the start Tuesday is. You know, maybe you you flip. You know, you follow up with, and there's been rumor that Zach Hess might find his way back back into the bullpen. Jeez, if that isn't the most 
freaking Maneri-esque <laughs> thing to do right in the middle of the SEC tournament. Oh, what would you do? God, just, just don't even. We I just, think you would rather him right. come out of the bullpen and do bad, just so you. <laughs> and I told you. <laughs> yeah, so. you know it. Oh my God, I'm an LSU graduate. I don't even care at this point. Uh, but yes, uh, you know Nick Bush goes out there, and, and they've done this before, where they've, where they've, they've thrown guys like Caleb Gilbert out there uh, in his freshman year. They've, they've thrown some other, um, you know, not Friday Saturday guys, and had them pitch in the first round of the tournament whenever they weren't one through four seed. We've seen this before with Maneri, so this doesn't really surprise me. I think you had other options, but yeah. I, I, it's. This Mississippi State team is good. You're yeah. gonna need to get the win. It's uh, you know you're not playing with house money. You're this is your season, and you're um, you're pretty much gambling it on a guy who has had 21 appearances, 37 and two thirds innings pitched. Um, I'm not I'm not thrilled with it. I think it's I think it's fine if you get the win. He's a genius. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. And that and that's and that's and these. These are the kind of moves that Maneri makes, and when they pay off, yep. they look damn good. I think they have, since Maneri's been there, they have six losses in the SEC tournament. They have six losses in all his years of in, in the SEC tournament. And this is this is this is LSU West or LSU East, whatever direction that's in. This is their <laughs> this is their second home. So this should be, you know, you you know the crowd's gonna be there tomorrow. They're gonna be there. It's shoot, five thirty Eastern, four thirty. So yeah, a lot of people will be called people. People in batters they don't they don't actually have jobs. They just follow around LSU baseball, football, basketball everywhere they go. Yeah, anyway, yeah. the win over Mississippi State. Let's 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 play this out. They get the win over Mississippi State, and then you follow up against Florida. And if Hess is the one who's in the pin, that means you're going to see Mikhail Hilliard yeah. against Florida. I you know it was it was encouraging to see what Mikael Hilliard did against Auburn. I think LSU saw uh, Casey Mize pretty well, and I think that doesn't happen very often. I think that kind of gave him a little bit of a bone there, but they threw him a bone there. But like you said, I, I it's going to be tough to beat Florida. One thing that I will say is you know if Bush pulls it off, holds it together, and the bullpen can bring him home the rest of the way. Mikael Hilliard can hold his own. I yeah. think I think it's worth saying that next year if things shake up, and this is a law I'm I'm reaching way far for this, but you know, if Eric Walker comes back and then you have Mikael Hilliard, do you see Hess maybe being back in the bullpen, long relief, the thing I kind of wanted him to do this season because I'm selfish and want to be right? Maybe you start grooming that idea, but I I went off on a stupid tangent there, but the point is I think that if you throw Mikael Hilliard against Florida and you get the win, I think it's enough to get LSU in. Oh, um, without, I, and, without and that's a the doubt. thing. Even even with the way Florida played like crap at the end of last weekend against Mississippi State, you know Mississippi State needs to win too. They can they can they can love what they how they ended their season against Florida. That's a great way for that team, especially with everything that's shaken up with that team. Uh, you know, getting that sweep is amazing. But if they lose LSU, they're out too. They're out. They're just not there. They don't have it. They don't have the SEC wins. They're everything points in the direction that win or go home for both of these teams. Yeah. No, I don't think that's a question. I mean, right. No. It, but but no. But it, it, the only reason I put it into question is because the SEC year in and year out gets about ten. 
Yeah. It's, it's about 10 teams in, and this year you might see, I don't know, seven. It, it's just, it's not the same, it's not that same kind of year. The, 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 you know, the, it's got a level playing ground. And, you know, you got to like that for teams like these mid-majors, but for, for some of these LSU teams and some of these other bigger SEC and big uh, ACC and uh, Big 12 teams, it, it's tough. But I'm just, yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that, that, and I, and I guess you feel the same way that, a win over Florida is enough of an RPI boost to get you in. You know, you'll LSU is not going to go in as a four seed. If they go in, they're going to be as a two or a three seed. That's yeah. just where they're at. You can't, you can't, you can't plug them in as a four seed. That's not how it works when it comes to. Because um, can you imagine the outrage of whoever's <laughs> hosting that regional? The runner-up from the World Series last year comes in as the four seed. They would. Oh my lose. God! No way! No, they hold enough with their conference and you know their RPI right now. But it's yeah, I think that's I think that's just what Tiger fans can hope for. I think that's the best bet for them. And again, because of that conference, I I do think that whoever wins that eight versus nine seed, that LSU versus Mississippi State, I think that win alone will be enough to. Probably like ninety five percent get them into really a regional. I do think that. So you think, I think the SEC baseball and the aura around both of these schools' baseball teams, in addition to their winning record, I mean, maybe it's not a great yeah, record. No, um, I do think that would be enough to really get them into the postseason. I think Man. if they go out and beat Florida, no question they are in. See, I think that's where you and I are, are different. I think I think if LSU goes out there. And they can, oh my goodness, they can dominate Mississippi State. They can win 10-1. And then if they go up to Florida and they lose, I think it's done. Really? I think, I think it's done. Oh, wow. I think, um, you know, that, that ends your record with 16-15 and 15 in SEC play. I, I just I just don't see it. I just don't see I th- I seriously think LSU needs a big kick here. I think at 44, you're too close with there being – about I don't know twelve automatic qualifiers. You just don't know who's gonna. You know every 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 damn uh, conference tournament is different. You know you never know if the five seed from the Big West is gonna win or you know the the eight seed from the Southland Conference. That's UNO by the way. <laughs> you know you know you never know who's gonna pull it off, and all that does is erase those bubble teams more and more and more and. I'm trying to be optimistic about a about a Louisiana team making it. I just have this gut feeling that the best chance for Louisiana teams right now is Southeastern to win their their conference tournament. And I know it's hard to say like, oh, just to win your conference tournament, but I mean, it's it's hard. I think LSU, in order for themselves to get in, I'll just say it again, they got to beat Mississippi State and they got to beat Florida, in my opinion. Then that makes sense. Why we have such conflicting views on yeah, the Nick Bush situation? It's, I mean, it's, it's you think scales. Both must wins. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I I feel that only this first game is a must win. Right. Um, and that that makes sense that we differ on that. Man, it's not often we come to a resolution on. Yeah. That, this is this is. Jeez. Uh, I don't think I like it though. I know. Get out of my house. Get out of here. <laughs> no. But I mean, but and if you think about it, it's just it's a it's a balancing act. It's about you know if if UL wins, LSU goes down. If Southeastern wins. LSU goes down. If LSU wins, Southeastern, ULA, you know, it's 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 just about, you know, it's just going to be a race to who's the bubble team and who gets in. Uh, I think those, I think Southeastern's going to play a bigger spoiler than UL will to LSU. 
if they get their if they win their conference tournament, I think that's something that LSU fans should not want. They should not want Southeastern to win because I think that is a true automatic qualifier. They should want, if you're an LSU fan, you honestly should probably want Sam Houston State to win out, win the conference tournament, no problem. You should also want for Coastal Carolina to win out, win the conference, no problem. That's what you want. You don't want any of these other conferences to play any kind of games. You just want things to be set in stone. Whereas Florida, you think they're really, can? I mean, Look, there's bragging rights that comes with winning the SEC tournament. It's a big deal. But do you really think Florida, sitting number one seed in the country, 41 wins overall, pretty much locked up. I mean, they've locked up a top eight national seed um, at that point. It doesn't really matter. You can be number eight. No one's right. ever crying over that. But they'll be like a top four. Um, you know, they're, they're not ready to, to – they're not priming up to win this. They're not to win this thing? Situation. No, no, they don't have their back against the wall. But that's where LSU's at. You know, they're putting out Nick Bush, and they're going to use their 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 um, their bullpen here in order to try and make a run. But I, it's a gamble. You, yeah, it's a it's a gamble in the first round, and it's a tough pull in the second round. And I think Tiger fans, if you're going to be watching, you you know. I know it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. One of them, you know what? They're both right after work, so maybe just have yourself a stiff drink and uh, sit back and enjoy the ride. I just, I just don't know where uh, where else she's going with it, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. It's my last stressful thing I can say about LSU tonight. So the way I want all of this to unfold, oh, I yes. want ULL to make a damn nice run. Mm-hmm. I want Southeastern to beat Sam Houston State, and I want LSU to beat Florida, and then. It won't even matter to me at that point because I'll consider that a huge yeah, victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's honestly more likely that none of these teams make it than that two of them make it. I know. Is that is, crazy? Is that so weird? Because I remember last year during this time, we knew we knew LSU was in. Oh, yeah. We thought for sure Southeastern was a done deal. They were at, they were at a two-seat again. But we thought we thought ULL pretty much had it locked. We up. thought ULL pretty much had it locked up, and then we were like, "Hey, Tulane might make a decent run in the in in the tournament. We got to see what they can do here, you know, on those last two. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that would be depressing. So yeah, just to recap, I'll I'll say mine, and then you can say yours. LSU needs two wins, in my opinion, to get in in their conference tournament. I think I think UL Lafayette is on the outside looking in unless they win their conference tournament. I think Southeastern is on the outside looking in unless they win their conference tournament. And then Tulane, we know that there's no chance. I guess if I have to spell it out, they need to win their conference tournament if they're going to get in, which isn't going to happen, but at least it's said. Um, so we're a little different. I, I think LSU wins one and they're good. I, I do think that. I think it'll be nerve-wracking as all get-out. <laughs> yeah. But I think they'll be in that last five in. Um, ULL, I think they need to at least win three games. In their con- I don't even know where that would put them in their conference. Yeah. The Sun Belt so wacky. Sure. Um, I think as long as Southeastern makes it to the championship against Sam Houston State, right, they will be right. good. I, li- I, like, I, like, I, I think that's a possibility, too. I, I do agree that that's a good point. And my personal feeling... Is that if Tulane wins their conference <laughs> tournament, they should still not qualify? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes! What a beautiful way to end this podcast, and, and just, possibly uh, season. Oh man, amazing! 
yeah, and possibly season. But uh, we'll try and bring y'all some uh, some post, uh, no, not post mortems, some post uh, some post season, uh, you know, information. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know. Let's sum it up, like what happened with our guys. I think last year we kind of got a nice little trickle of talking about what was good and what was bad about the season because LSU was in it the whole time. So we were able to kind of, you know, give Tulane their their moment, Southeastern and ULF yet. So um, that's, uh, but yeah, we'll try and get those out to y'all soon. Um, but yes, enjoy the tournaments this week, even if you're not, even if you're just a big, um, a big, uh, I can't read what that says. You're trying to show me something. I can't see it. It's so bad. Um, I um, yeah. It, it, it enjoy the conference tournaments. Uh, they're really fun. They're all like on e- watch ESPN. I'm sure I'll be doing very little work tomorrow <laughs> and the next day. Don't tell my employer if you know who they are. Um, but yeah. All right. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, we're going to be active on there, probably talking about, yeah, that's what you wanted to say, about the Southland Conference and SC Tournament and Sunbelt and yada, yada, yada. Probably not about Tulane, but hey, we'll try what we can. Um, yeah. Sorry, Tulane. <laughs> yes. Man, we're just crapping on you guys. Sorry. You're you're taking the normal blow that uh, ULF yet does, so you're welcome. It's been all season for them. Uh, anyway, that's it. We will uh, hopefully catch you next week talking about how each of these teams have made the tournament and won their own tournament. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, we will catch you next week. Have a great week.